Spring is here. Birds are chirping, flowers are growing, and it might snow this weekend. But Grinnellians are back outside, and there's something in the air. Hog manure, perhaps, but also music. We could take it slowly, or we could get insane. This is All Things Grinnell. I'm your host, Ben Binversi. On this week's show, we'll talk to Ella Williams, who graduated in December and set off touring around the world as her musical persona, Squirrel Flower. We'll also hear from a couple other Grinnell musicians while we're at it. This week's show is coming up next after a word from Grinnell College. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the views of Grinnell College. Ella Williams was born into a musical family, and the apple didn't fall far from the tree. By the time she got to Grinnell, she had already released her first album, but she chose not to study music academically at Grinnell. Instead, she pursued a double major in studio art and gender, women's, and sexuality studies. Williams continued to play music, though, and her songs show the influence of her time in Grinnell. She released another EP under her alias, Squirrel Flower, and one of her songs, Conditions, gained recognition on NPR's All Songs Considered. I sat down to talk with Ella and reflect on her music and time in Grinnell, which was coming to an end when we talked back in the fall. I came out of the womb basically singing, like, before... Some people would call it crying. <laughs> Fair. But, but your parents loved you so much. No, like, I mean, like... a beautiful voice. I, I, I talked really early on, and my okay. mom has this hilarious story of, like, my dad coming home from, from gigs, because he's a musician, him coming home from gigs, and me as an eight-month-old going, hi, dad, like, <laughs> putting my hand up and waving, and just, like, so serious. <laughs> hi, dad. Hi, dad. Um, but even before that, like, I, I was... A humming baby hmm. and I think a big part of that was just how surrounded and saturated by music my whole life was mm. like even like when my mom was pregnant with me she was going to shows all the time <laughs> and basically I was just born into an incredibly musical family my mom is not a musician but she's always loved music and like that's how she and my dad sort of met um, and my dad is a professional bass player, and his dad was an early musician and founded all of these like early music groups. And it's so in the genes for sure. It's in the genes, and also yeah. Um, I started singing in a choir for the first time when I was in third grade, and that same year I took piano lessons mm-hmm. and just hated it. Like I, agree. <laughs> I didn't want to practice. I didn't care about the music I was learning. This, like, I, I also was taking violin lessons, which I stuck with a bit longer, but also hated. Um, it just felt like very confining. And I loved singing classical choral music, but mm. in terms of like playing an instrument, I just wanted to play rock and roll. Like I listened to Zeppelin as an eight-year-old and like <laughs> wanted to shred. And, and you couldn't do that on the violin. Or I couldn't piano. do it on the violin or the piano, at least the way that they, they were, were teaching, teaching me. You. Yeah, like at, at times I definitely did like learn some like rock songs on violin, or like I did some 
like a little bit of like jazz improvisation on violin uh-huh. when I was a kid, but definitely like wanted more out of it. Um, so my dad got me like a tiny mini electric guitar for my <laughs> birthday, I think for my like ninth or 10th birthday. And um, he like started giving me lessons and I didn't want to practice, <laughs> so Still. I kind of, I kind of dropped it. So, so for a couple of years in there, um, from like age, you know, ten to fourteen, my main thing was just singing um, in my choir. It was like a huge time commitment, and we toured every summer, like internationally wow. and nationally. Um, and I learned so much about music theory and like music history, and then. I also, like, was teaching myself a little more piano during that time and started a little bit to, like, write songs or, like, learn songs, on like, folk songs and pop songs on piano that I liked. But then it wasn't until my first year of high school that I picked up guitar in a serious way. Okay. And didn't take lessons, but but I really just decided that I was going to teach myself, like, all of my favorite songs. I started listening to a lot of folk music, like Joni Mitchell and a British songwriter named Laura Marling, who's really amazing. And I basically just learned all of her songs, and that's how I learned guitar. And a lot of her songs are in open tunings, and like really weird like tuning configurations. So I basically learned guitar in like a lot of weird tunings. So it took me a little while to then learn standard, standard guitar playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I started then writing my own songs more seriously, and playing at open mics and and had shows around Boston, recorded an album when I was 16 with like just original music. I've listened to it before and been like super embarrassed by it, but but recently I've revisited it and been like sort of impressed. Uh-huh. Um, definitely a little bit of cheesy songwriting, but. You were 16, give yourself I was 16. a little bit of slack. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then like started getting more into like a little bit of like an edgier scene, sort of ventured away from traditional folk music, picked up electric guitar again, um, started playing like DIY shows in Boston and then came here and then took, I like basically wrote an album my first semester here because I was like so sad <laughs> and like didn't want to be at college and was like, what the hell am I doing here? Um, like I didn't, I didn't not like Grinnell, but uh-huh. I just didn't really know how to be. And I miss Boston a lot and mm. I felt like my people were there. Um, so I wrote an album all about that and then took the spring semester off to record it and then toured a little bit with those songs and then came back here and yeah, just like kept, kept doing it and made another album and toured more. Nice. So where has, when you've gone on tour, where has your, your music taken you? I know you've traveled quite a bit playing. Yeah. Um, mostly around the East coast. I have been like as far South as Nashville and like Asheville, North Carolina playing shows and like as far west as Iowa really and then like up to like Canada and Montreal so sort of like big chunk of like the eastern part of the country Uh um 
Do you enjoy the the touring life? I love it. I mean, I I feel like I can't really say that until I've been on a tour that's longer than a month. Uh Because the longest I've been on the road is two weeks. And I do love it. But at the end of those two weeks, I'm always like so, so tired, (laughs) so ready, so ready to go home and like just have a normal life (laughs) for a bit. But I really can't imagine myself doing anything else. Uh Um, I mean, I'm really like touring in like a serious way for the first time, really, or like a like going not just around the East Coast for the first time when I graduate. So, okay. We'll see how that goes. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So here at Grinnell, you are a studio art and gender, women's, and sexuality study major. Uh, notably not music. Um, notably not music. <laughs> when you first came to Grinnell, did you plan to study music academically? No. Okay. I... Did you plan to not study purposefully? Yes. Music? Okay. Well, I think I had no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to do. As is the case with a lot of Grinnell students. Yeah, but I um, I knew I didn't want to go to music school. Uh-huh. And I knew that I... Yeah, I think I knew that I didn't want to be a music major. Just because I was afraid of it becoming a chore. Mm. And and sort of like sucking the joy out of it. Yeah. Um, that makes which sense. like, I don't know <laughs> if that would have happened or mm-hmm. not, but it I... could have. It could have, and I really wanted to to be involved with music in a non-academic way, really. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I've been in singers all four years, so that's, like, the closest to, like, the music department I've really gotten. I, like, haven't taken lessons, which I know I'll regret as soon as I graduate, because it's, like, <laughs> free lessons. Yeah. Like, it's such an amazing offering. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I sort of just gravitated towards studio art and then had actually an independent major for a bit combining studio art and GWSS looking at like feminist like art history and like feminist aesthetics and then dropped that mostly because I didn't want to write a thesis (laughs) (laughs) and um and then decided to just do GWSS and art double Uh just just do this just those things and it's been amazing like i want everybody to major in GWSS. I think it's the Mm -hmm. best major. It's so interdisciplinary. It's so flexible. And it just changes you. Mm. Like, there's nothing like learning theory. (laughs) There really isn't. Uh Uh-huh. How do both of those things, studio art and GWSS, kind of fit into your music? And vice versa, how does your music fit into maybe the way that you think about both of those things? Yeah, I mean, I think both of those things for me are more than, like, just learning, like, an academic subject. They're, like, like in the studio art major and the GWSS major, you're learning how to, like, live your life Mm. in a way that feels good, if that makes sense. Like, reading... Reading, like, queer and feminist theory changes the way you, like, view your life and, and, your, and your relationships with people. And similarly, being an artist and majoring in art, like, you, you're learning how to, like, live possibly, like, an alternative lifestyle and, and like, basically, like, communicate visually for a living. <laughs> and... Um, 
like both of those things have been super important to me and ingrained in me and because of that I think it just like automatically affects my music and my mm-hmm. my musical practice and then with art that's something that's been a little more challenging for me to figure out how how my visual practice fits in with my musical practice because I've tried to combine the two and it's really hard to um and I know that I'll continue to to make art and specifically painting is really what I love to do mm. mixing the visual with your with your music mm-hmm. um the music video for conditions which we should mention um <laughs> was featured on all songs considered which is kind of I mean I had I had heard you play beforehand and mm-hmm. I had heard your music um but you know when when that song popped up on all songs considered I was like <laughs> like that so I mean I was excited so I bet that Thank had to you. be exciting for you as really well. Really exciting. Yeah. Like so exciting. So the the music video that you that you made for that song Conditions. Yeah. Uh you shot here at Grinnell. I did. And it's a really well produced video. Yeah, um, Helena who is currently a third year. She's abroad in okay. Prague right now. She directed it and like produced it and filmed it okay and she's just an unbelievable filmmaker yeah and editor um tell me about how you chose to to make that video here in Grinnell yeah. and you know what went into well, that. I, I made it here because I was here and like easy yeah um and it like we didn't have to pay for a space <laughs> and <laughs> we could just do it very low budget just use um, the racquetball courts and the bear. Exactly. <laughs> and the, and the, um, we also filmed in the, what's the running place called? The field house. The field house, yes. The running place. <laughs> the running place. <laughs> um, there are a couple different reasons we like did such a sporty themed video. Uh-huh. Um, one of them is that I used to be a varsity athlete and actually was going to be on the soccer team here at Grinnell. Okay. Um, and, just like have really missed playing team sports Hmm. since I've been here because I haven't been able to um just because of time and I've had too many concussions and can't just like can't really do it in a realistic way Uh anymore um so wanted to sort of pay homage to that part of myself and my history yeah um but also it's sort of a cheeky comparison um comparing love and and relationships to a game of sports Mm. (laughs) yeah uh lots of connections there Um, (laughs) how did how did squirrel flower come about and what is it where did you come up with the name the name i came up with it as a kid (laughs) so it was like like when i was like I, i wrote a ton of poetry as a kid and like little songs and 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 just like made art and like just it, it was sort of this, like, weird, like, alter ego name for my, like, artistic <laughs> self. Um, so when I recorded my first album as Squirrel Flower, before I had thought of reusing the name, I knew I didn't want to use my name because it just seemed, like, too, almost, like, too much of a promise or, like, like too much of, like, a commitment mm. to make the music, like, super truthful to myself and like be like authentic whatever that even means like (laughs) so I wanted to um, use a moniker to sort of give myself a little more freedom to experiment and and then also like pursue other projects that come up Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense it's a good name thank Um, you (laughs) do you find Grinnell to be an inspiring place to write music yeah 
I not just when do. you're a first year and really sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that no. counts too. <laughs> I've written over the past four years, like most of the songs I've written, I've written here and not other places I've been, like in between cla- like school sessions. Uh-huh. Um, I think part of that is like the slow pace of life here. Mm. Um, I know a lot of students are like, like move really, really fast and are really stressed. And like, while I definitely experienced that a fair bit, I also, um, I don't know, I make a really, really conscious effort to make myself have time to be bored. Mm. I think boredom is the most important thing for the creative process. And it's an incredible privilege to be able to like have time to be bored. Uh-huh. And it's kind of crazy because all my friends and like Nate, my little brother, are always like, Ella, we like never see you do homework. <laughs> and I do my homework. Right. And like I do all I do most of my readings and like <laughs> do my homework, but like somehow I like find time to do nothing a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Um, even though I like work at Peace Tree, like, you know, 20 plus hours a week and like do a bunch of other things. You're busy. I'm busy, but like somehow also not. I like really value my alone time. Mm. So it's also, I think, uh, something about balancing like time with friends versus time alone and like yeah. being like slightly introverted. Yeah. And yeah. I, th- I mean, I think most artists are probably slower creatures, like because Definitely. you're taking in what's around you. And like, that's that's the inspiration for what you do. Yeah. Um, so you you have to be slower. You know what I mean? Like you can't go through your life like stress out about everything sure. and like let everything fly by 100 yeah. miles an hour. Because and I, and I think I go through phases like that. And when I am mm. that way, I don't write. Right. So um, are there any specific places that you go to in Grinnell to be bored or to slow down? Um, well, my apartment, like I've lived in the same apartment for like two years, mm. two full, yeah, two full years now. Um, so it's really become like my home, Yeah. Uh, which is really nice. So that's a really, really important place for me. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Whenever I'm able to, I love to like bike or drive out, but I, I don't have a car and it's cold now, so I don't really <laughs> do that anymore. But like some of my most special memories and moments here have been like when I'm just alone, like biking out into the fields and, you know, experiencing this like very cliche, like pastoral peace, <laughs> which is cliche, but also very real. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, a lot of my favorite parts of Grinnell are the, the people, but also yeah. the ability to have that, like, solitary, like, yeah. the first snow that comes, like, it just coats downtown, and, like, when I'm the first person to put my footsteps it's on that snow. It's just so nice. And there's, nobody, yeah. there's no cars. There's yeah. It's just the roads. And yeah. It's... Walking, like, home at night from my shifts at Peace Tree is always really nice. Mm. Um, just, like, having... Or, like, going on walks in general, I think, around town. Yeah. Just, like, being alone and, like, moving. and, But I also just love, I love the people in, in the town of Grinnell. And I'm going to miss it a lot when I leave. <laughs> like, more so than, than, like, the college community. I think it's just mm. the, the community in the town. Mm. Yeah.
There's so many amazing musicians here and like the, the music community here is so supportive. And I think like because it's not really competitive, a lot of people try really hard to make it a really inclusive community. And because of that, there's just better music that comes from it. <laughs> I, I just feel like really grateful for the town of Grinnell for being such like an amazing place to have a home for mm. four and a half years and having such a tight music community at school. It's been really good. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me and look forward to, to hearing you one last time and then hopefully, you know, go on to, to greener pastures and keep doing your thing. Thank uh, you. We'll get to keep listening. So. Thank you so much. Williams graduated from Grinnell in December with a degree in studio art and gender, women's, and sexuality studies, and big plans for her music career. Since graduating, she went on tour in Europe with Adrian Lenker, playing to sold-out crowds all over the place. She's returned stateside and is working on finishing up a new record before she starts touring again this summer. If you want to see what she's up to, make sure to check out her website, squirrelflower.net. Check it out and see if she's playing somewhere near you. Some of the shows for this summer have been announced already, including a gig at the 8035 Festival in Des Moines on July 12th. You can find links to her music, as well as some pictures from her last concert here in Grinnell, on our website, grinnell.edu podcast. Continuing with the musical spirit, I want to share some music from another Grinnellian who's shaken things up on the musical scene. Will Bennett graduated from Grinnell in 2013. He's also from Grinnell. Born and raised, a Grinnellian through and through. His band, Will Bennett and the Tells, put out their debut album a few years ago, Wichita. That album captured the sound of Will moving away from Grinnell. Their new album, All Your Favorite Songs, marks the confident sound of Bennett coming home. And also of note, playing bass on this album is another Grinnellian from the class of 2012, Ethan Kenvarg. The album comes out July 26th, but Will sent me some tracks and you can get a little sneak preview of the album here on the podcast. Here's what Will had to say about his new album. If you listen to country music on the radio today, you'll hear a lot of allusions to small-town rural America. You've got back roads, tractors, hunting, fishing, etc. And while those cliches might be true for some people, they don't accurately reflect my own experience growing up in Grinnell and attending Grinnell College. With all your favorite songs, I wanted to create an album that was true to that experience. Written in the wake of an unexpected visit home after Will's father suffered a stroke, All Your Favorite Songs immerses the listener in the world of small-town Iowa. The inevitable march to the town's dive bar, Rabbits. The unending conflict between longing to leave, just looking, I'm just looking for somewhere to call home I'm just looking for some peace And rationalizing staying Linger on
ultimately why we come back on all your favorite songs. Since the last I've been in town, the Danish made closed down, but all the pageantry remains and the faces look the same. Nothing seems to change here much at all. All Your Favorite Songs is a celebration of a forgotten slice of flyover country a love letter told through three-minute bursts of country-tinged rock and roll. And while their new album's heart is in rural Iowa, the band has its sights set much wider. With all your favorite songs, Will Bennett and the Tells are gearing up to hit the road once again, returning these songs to the bar rooms and basements where their sound was forged. If you're around the Midwest, Will's got a few concerts coming up. Chicago on Wednesday, May 8th, Cudahy, Wisconsin on the 9th, Minneapolis on the 10th, and Saturday, May 11th in Des Moines at Vaudeville Muse. Check out their music and tickets for the show, or find links on our website. Will's biggest fan, his sister Kate, works here at the college in dining services, and is also a huge Pioneer baseball fan, so I wanted to give her a little shout-out as well. I know she's as excited as anyone about Will's new album. What you don't know can hurt you, but I've got way too much inertia to stop myself from asking you. Spring is in the air here in Grinnell. I don't want to jinx it, and I've heard there's snow in the forecast for this weekend, but I'm all aboard the spring train, and there's no turning back. In honor of the seasons changing, I wanted to play another song from Seth Hansen. We've had his music on the show before, but I like it, so I'm bringing it back. Here's Spring from his album, Not Too Deep. It's been a long winter just last week got snow But the people are walking Downtown without coats this morning And the windows of the cars are open Speaking of spring, the spring issue of the Grinnell Magazine is available now. If you didn't get a copy in the mail, check out the magazine online at magazine.grinnell.edu. There's a story on Grinnell grad Marshall Poe from the class of 1984 who has a podcast of his own, the New Books Network. Check out that story and a bunch more on the website. One last thing. I wanted to take a moment to welcome some student workers who've started to help me out with the podcast. I'd like to give a shout-out to Gabriel Schubert and Alec Wood for their help with last week's care package story. As my other comrades begin to contribute, I will make sure to highlight their work as well. And across that broad street is a brand new sidewalk below a tree with birds at the top shit underneath hell you can hardly see the concrete wrap up this week's episode. Next time, we're going to talk to Gina Quezon and Sebastian Braun, two scholars who work on issues surrounding indigenous communities. With Quezon, we'll talk about misconceptions about Native American identities in the U.S. South, about which she wrote her recent book, Red States, Indigeneity, Settler Colonialism, and Southern Studies. With Braun, we'll discuss the Bakken oil boom and the impact it's had on Native and non-Native communities and the environment especially at the Fort Berthold Reservation in North Dakota, where he's been researching since 2011. 
Well, spring comes to Grinnell Like a kid leaving home But I don't know where to go Just got a feeling I should see some other place I'm sure gonna miss this little stage Music for today's show comes from Brett Newski, Pottington Bear, Will Bennett, and Seth Hansen. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at podcast at grinnell.edu or check out the website, grinnell.edu slash podcast. For more information about the guests from today's show, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. This is something I will not forget. I'm your host, Ben Benversi. Stay weird, Grinnellians. Thank you.